0: morning Um, our reading is Deuteronomy 11 verse 1 and then moving on to verses 18 to 20 love the Lord your God and keep his requirements his decrees his laws and his commands always fix these words of mine in your heart and minds tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Let's try that again. Hey, it's uh, just so good to be here. What a cool church you are. really <laughs> is. It and wasn't that a great rugby game last night? <laughs> we needed a win, <laughs> and uh, we got it, and, and, and a very convincing win. Oh, I love Caleb Clark. Anyway, um, Father's Day, who got breakfast in bed this morning? Okay. Oh, yeah. oh, great, great. Uh, I, I didn't. <laughs> anyway... Um, we want to, look, we, we so enjoyed last um, Wednesday night with you guys, and um, some of you were there, some of you weren't, but it was such an awesome time, and we, we just love the spirit that um, Sarah and Graham bring to this place. It's really, it really is awesome. Now, we've, over the years, done a lot of youth work, and um, we've pastored in churches uh, in Auckland and in Wellington, and we've been in... Um, very um, large churches, a uh, uh, couple of thousand, and then we've been um, in very small churches. And you know what? It's all about the heart of the people. It's all about the heart of the people worshipping their God. And, um, you know, I get a real sense here that there's a real great heart in this place, and God wants to move in a powerful way. Anyway, well, this morning we want to talk about building a um, brave Framework for your family. And each of us, we you know, we're part of a family. Um, today you may be raising your own family or maybe a bit of a distant dream for some, Um, but we're all part of a family, you know? A dad, a grandfather, a son, a mother, um, a daughter, a grandmother. God designed family right from the get go. He has a plan. And it's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. and The Bible says, let us, us, make man in our image. Genesis 1.26. Family is God's idea. And, you know, as we look into the way of raising family, we'll be able to look back at the family of origin that we've been in and look at the place we're in today and then look at where we'd like to go in the future for our family. The bottom line is we can all learn to build a brave framework for family. And we gotta be brave in this day and age, don't we? Mm-hmm. Boy, we've gotta be brave. I mean you know, one of the the earliest mentions in the Bible about children is in Exodus twenty, Nikki. It says, Honour your father and mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord God is giving you. And then we flip into the New Testament and look at Colossians 3.20. And you've read this before. Children, obey your parents. Sounds like a great thing. In all things, for this is well and pleasing to the Lord. In Ephesians 6.1-3, it says, Children, obey your parents. Again, for this is right. Honor your mother and father. You kids hearing that? <laughs> all right? This is the first commandment with a promise that it may be well with you and you may live long in the earth. Imagine if we had kids like that. Imagine if they obeyed the Ten Commandments all the time. Imagine if they obeyed every, every directive, every instruct instruction, every rule that we gave them. Would life be sweet? <laughs> It'd be amazing. And maybe you've got kids like that, and that's, that's great. Um, I don't know about you, but my kids knew how to push every button that got us going. Really got us going. That phrase, are we there yet? Do you remember that? Are we there yet? Oh, it wasn't me, it was my sister. Too right. How about um, you say, don't touch that. One, two. And then they go and touch that. I mean, what is it with these kids? Well, what about that flat out stare you in the face? determined child that says no <laughs> oh boy didn't you just have a perfect dream of what it would be like to be parents and then then the kids come along <laughs> and, and, and they just make a mess of it sometimes hey wouldn't it be easier nikki to parent without kids wouldn't it be wouldn't that, <laughs> why don't we do that
0: uh, i don't know Tom. i think you got a bit wrong there the thing is, you no, 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 you've got, to, you've got to remember that the Bible also says, Psalm 127, verse 3, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Proverbs
0: 22, 6, train up, the train up is a directive to us, to train up a child. Oh,
1: sounds like hard
0: work. <laughs> the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. What about Proverbs 29, 17? Correct your son and he will give you rest. Yes, he will give delight to your soul. Or Proverbs 13, 24. He who spears the rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him properly. And you know what? All of that is hard work. It's hard work. And I look at this place here today and I think, you know, here is a family of God wanting to impact their community. And yes, we've got children, actual children running around here, but there are many who are going to come and be a part of this church who are going to be children in the faith. And we need to know, as parents, as grandparents, as older brothers and sisters, how to bring them up in the ways of God. What works in our family at home, mum and dad and kids, works in the family of God. It's all God's idea.
1: Okay, then, well, we, how do we do this thing? Well, the first thing we want to say is prepare. In this crazy world we live in, with all that's going on, this postmodern progressive changing culture we're in, wars and rumours of wars, we've had COVID and maybe more, the financial mess that we're in now, the food shortages that are being reported, and the anti Christian thinking out there, and also a fatherlessness culture. How do we navigate growing great kids and great families? How do we just not go with the flow like most people do? Uh, How do we just not get carried away in the heat of the moment and succumb to, over time, becoming worn down and watching Netflix guys, you know? Uh, You're stuck in a rut or or just follow the instruction of this world. Well, Well, I think we've got a few thoughts here and if you apply them to your family life, Uh, it'll really help. First up is prepare, prepare, and then prepare again. And it's our job as parents to prepare our kids for life. It's not really the job of school can help, maybe. It's not the job of the church so much, but it can help. It's not the job of the youth group leader. Uh, They can all help, but we as parents need to take up that responsibility And the Bible talks about preparing our kids to have the word of God on their heart and their hands and their frontlets. In our reading today in Deuteronomy, Moses outlines some of his parting words to a father of the nation. As a father of the nation on how people should walk out their day-to-day life as a family. He led the Israelites out of Egypt. They wandered around the desert for 40 years. And now under the instruction of God, he shares the blueprint for family life in the promised land. And that's what we read today. It's all about the Word of God, the Bible, bit by bit, day by day, preparing our kids. What we don't want to do is create just cookie-cutter Christian kids, but we want to grow emotionally resilient kids. And we want them to develop their God-given personalities and abilities to become mighty men and women of God. So let's look at the heart. Look at the heart. Nikki, tell us about that.
0: Mm. The heart. Well, oops, just click my next little slide there. <clears throat> the heart where our emotions and our desires begin. It's that that drives us. And Proverbs 4 verse 23 tells us to above all guard our hearts. And as parents, we then have to take that on to guard our children's hearts. Because your children's hearts will be exposed to what you allow them to be exposed to. Hearts can be broken. Hearts can be given. Hearts can be joined. And hearts can be hardened. We've got to make sure that what we're doing is providing a place in which the heart gets strengthened and able to stand in the culture of this world. I love that you shared that thing, Sarah, with the the reading of the Word of God and listening to that morning and night. Because if as parents or grandparents or parents of people in the faith, we are being washed in the Spirit of God, we are transforming our hearts. We're doing it day by day and bit by bit. But I also know that
1: some of us know the great pain of a heart that is crushed in the hands of our parents. Yes, so Nikki grew up in a Christian home with um, generation after generation of Christian input. I grew up in a different home. I grew up in a home that uh, went to Catholic Mass, and we knew about God, but... We didn't know him. And we had dinner around the table regularly, but it always ended up in arguments. And in my household, what I grew up in, sarcasm was the only real form of humour. And it left us feeling devalued and crushed. And you got to understand, Dad was in the military, and he was never around. So Mum ruled us kids. Five kids with an iron fist, and in our case, it was a bamboo stick. And um, I can't remember how many times that broke on my backside. <laughs> and, and one time it broke so hard, it snapped, and I didn't know whether to laugh or cry. And, and Mum just looked at me like this, go get me another one. And we all knew where to get them from. It was up the end of the street, the bamboo bush, and we'd always pick out the thick, fat ones because the long... The long, skinny, real skinny ones that are bendy, they were the worst. They were like, whiplash, you know? Anyway, uh, now look, we've walked through all of this um, brokenness um, into adulthood. And in, in recent years, I've been able to um, have opportunities to mend things that were broken and repair some bridges and restore a sort of sense of love. And but because of all of that, my, one of the factors of my upbringing have um, led me in my life towards this day, to try and really hear heart, God's heartbeat for our family. Um, tell us about. Um, tell us about the hands. So, just before we move on to the hands, I'm just going
0: to share a couple of story here. because. It's amazing how much when we pray for our children, God hears. And in this church, pray for the children of this church. You know, they may not be your kids, but pray for them. Pray for the children of this area. Pray for the children you know by name. As Tim mentioned, I grew up in a family where grandparents and and great-grandparents were all wonderful Christian people. And I was prayed for from before I was known to my parents. But the other thing that my grandmothers did, and we try and do this with our grandchildren, is they prayed for the husbands and wives of their grandchildren to come right from when they were babies. Because it is important who you do life with and who you bring up children under. So they prayed and prayed and prayed. Now the wonderful story about this is one day, I was giving a parenting seminar at a church um, actually, it wasn't a church, it was a school, <laughs> in a school hall. And I was giving this parenting seminar. It was quite big, probably about 60 people there. And I, I, I don't even know, can't quite remember the gist of what I was talking about, but talking all about parenting stuff. And there was a lady sitting there. Now, Tim, as he's you, as you just shared, grew up in a very different family that was very broken. And, and he actually had some pretty traumatic things happen to him as a child and there had been a lovely neighbour who would, right from the time he was two, rescue the children. And now we look back and we think his mum actually had a really hard time. Dad was away with the Air Force and we think she went through postnatal depression. But the children were deserted often and left outside in the cold, in the rain, and this neighbour would come and take them home. And Tim doesn't have a lot of memory of that. A lot of his his older brothers and sisters are quite traumatized by it, but he has not got a lot of memory of it. Well, when I was talking at this parenting seminar, this is quite a few years ago now, at the end, this woman came up to me, and she asked me who I was and who my husband was and where he grew up. And she said, I know your husband. I used to pick him up when he was a little boy. And she was a Christian woman living across the road. Do you know what's the beautiful thing? Is what her name was. What was it? i just forgot
1: it it was mrs god save
0: (laughs) yeah literally mrs god save god moves in mysterious ways he listens to the hearts of parents praying for children we need to pray for children all right so we need to are you going to listen okay
1: okay well yeah, sorry, that was a little bit more about me than I thought you'd get today. But, um, but it's very real. Pray for your um, grandchildren's um, spouses. Anyway, let's talk about the hands. That was in our scripture reading this morning. Hands are all about doing and action, okay? L- look at your hands. Put your hand out in front of you. Look at your hand. And let me just tell you, you've got 34 muscles in that hand. 27 bones and 248 named nerves with at least 123 ligaments i mean wow and it takes about a quarter of the motor cortex of the human brain which is devoted to controlling the hand muscles alone it's 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 they're significant the hand is known for the ability to carry its entire weight of a human body with just a few fingertips And hands are hard-working. And as our children learn to serve, doing chores with happy hearts unto the Lord, Colossians 3.23, they're learning to write God's word on their hands. Our hands and our children's hands can be used to, to raise up and to tear down. Let's motivate the hands of our children to action, to raise up. The hand is also an illustration, a picture about the Lord engraving our lives and our children's lives on the palm of his hands. Isaiah forty-nine sixteen, And God is a potter and his hands mold and shape our lives. We have the privilege of using our hands like the potter to shape our children's lives. We use our hands, these complex things, to greet each other, to to beckon in, to bid goodbye, to celebrate, to discipline, to comfort, to caress, to build, and to tear down. No wonder, no wonder God wants us to bind his word around our hands.
0: The other thing that's mentioned in that scripture is to put the word of God On our frontlets now this is a picture of actually what um, Hebrew people do they put little pieces of scripture written on little pieces of cartridge in these boxes on their hands and on their foreheads now I'm not I don't you know there's nothing wrong with doing that but that's we can do that without actually having to do it like this we can make sure the Word of God is on our children's hands is actually there for them, teaching them how to work through every day and on their foreheads by giving them scripture memory. And what Sarah was saying, it's going to go, and, you know, listening to scripture is going to get embedded into her soul and Graham's soul as they're listening to that. What about our kids? Do they hear the word of God? Are we actually making sure that somehow against the myriad of voices they hear in this world, against the noise, that the word of God is there? How do we do that? Maybe we need to think about what's open in our houses, what doors are open that things are coming through into their lives. I would strongly encourage any parents to view what you're going to show your children before you show it to them. You just don't know things that are called appropriate for kids. There are so many subliminal messages in that stuff. What are the messages your kids are getting? What are the messages about family, about fatherhood? Fathers are important. God designed fathers to be heads of homes. Our world tells us they're useless. Most of the TV programs that the children watch and the videos and the anything, the games they play, fathers are actually made to be nothing worthless not listened to we need to make sure that we're holding up god's standard of what fathers are to our children you know the other thing that i think's really quite amazing is that when we hear about writing the word of god on our hands and on our forehead we can also then flip to what's talked about in revelation And in Revelation 13, 14 to 16, you guys probably all know the mark of the beast is talked about. And we are warned, do not take that. Where is it going to be placed? Hand, head. Do you think that's a coincidence? I don't. If our children have the word of God on their hearts, on their hands and on their heads, they're going to see things like that the, the lies of the devil coming at them. But if they don't have that framework to work within, we're leaving them open, open to actually listen to the lies and take a mark of someone they're never meant to have. So we need to make sure the Word of God is marking them.
1: Yeah, that's a challenge. That's a real challenge, but... Deuteronomy 11.19 says, we read it this morning, communicate when you sit and you walk and you lie down and you rise up. You know, we need to learn to communicate, communicate and communicate some more. Um, How many times have, you know, between, you know, couples, have you um, thought you heard something your wife said and yet she didn't actually say it? I mean, you know, how many how many times have I? Too many times. What? Too many times. (laughs) My goodness! And and so the the thing is to just keep communicating, keep communicating, keep talking, keep keep uh, as it said here when you sit, when you walk, when you lie down, when you rise up, when you go go to bed, keep communicating. Um, it's 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 so good, you know. For us, it was prayers in the morning, communicating. And, and prayers before bed, and uh, you know we would sing um, that that hymn, gentle Jesus, uh, meek and mild, look upon this little child we' sing it to our kids every night. I can 't sing, but you know Nicky can so so he did most of it, but I would try and anyway. the kids would always um, correct me with my uh, <laughs> i don 't even know my harmony or whatever whatever it was. Um, but, you know, it's those sorts of things that make a difference. Um, and one of the other greatest things in communication is knowing how to, how to bite your tongue, to hold your tongue. Um, learn to bite your tongue. Don't say everything immediately that's in your head. Sometimes silence speaks louder with words. You know, and being a father's say today, I want to say, Dad's, you know, or if you're going to be a dad or whatever you got to learn to be vulnerable at home. You've got to learn to um, be the head of the home, but be vulnerable in it. And some of the greatest words that I learned when I uh, messed up or miscommunicated or did something was to say those words, I am sorry. I am so sorry. And, you know, it, it, just, it just brings that humility. It brings that um, vulnerability into it because she could see it. They see it all the time. Ephesians 6, verse 4, it says, And you fathers, do not provoke your children with wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. And in Colossians three twenty one, it says, Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. I've always wondered why it hasn't said mothers here, but this is to, to, to the fathers. Why is that? I think one of the areas that most dads need to work on in the early stages, or at any stage, really, but earlier the better, and that's anger. Uh, there is a place for righteous anger in our relationships, but there's no place for just a lack of self-control. And so we need to learn the art of self-control with, with anger and with temptation and and. Building blocks and bridges in our lives to be able to be consistent, no matter where we are, uh, because our kids see us. And so actions speak louder than words, so be the lesson, be real, be vulnerable, be the head of the home. And don't forget to use those words. "I am sorry." So what about the dinner table, Nikki? Tell us about that in communicating. So that
0: whole thing of when you lie down, when you stand up, when you sit, when you walk, all of that, we're talking about everyday life. We need to have this as part of everyday life. It's really sad at the moment, because I think dinner tables have disappeared in a lot of homes, Although well, they're there, but they're a showpiece and people don't sit around them anymore. But at a dinner table, when people sit at a dinner table together and can actually discuss stuff, Children, in that sense, are going to learn. They're going to learn from the discussions that are happening. And we need to be not afraid of having difficult discussions, having kids bring up stuff that you're like, whoa, I wasn't ready to talk about that, but okay, let's talk about it, you know. Let's let the family dinner table around the table sharing food that we're growing in in our physical beings, but also growing in our spiritual beings together. It's so important that um, children see mum and dad vulnerable at these times and say sometimes, I don't actually know the answer to that question. But let's have a think about it, maybe talk about it tomorrow. I'll do some looking into it. What about Bible stories? Do you have a children's Bible or um, children's Bible books that you can read stories from the Bible to your children and discuss what's happening in them? If our children are, are hearing the word of God in a way that relates to them, they're going to be able to out-walk, outwalk it every day in their lives. We need to have it as part of our everyday life.
1: Yeah, I think, um, and Nikki, don't you do a whole session on um, yep. God, God around, around the, the dinner table? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, It's It's a... It's a real special time, and so often they can be crazy moments. So often, there one kid doesn't want to eat the uh, what is it, the, the, the peas, and they get thrown around or whatever. I mean, it depends on what kind of child you got, I guess. We we had the range from very strong will to compliant, and you know, I can tell you a couple of times that the uh, the plate went flying across the table, um, and and you get that, we get that, but. It's, um, it's, it, is a, it is a precious time and it is worth um, working on that, that side of things. So, we talked about preparing, preparing, and prepare some more and, and communicate and communicate and communicate some more. Um, but there's hope, there's hope at the end. And what we want to talk about now is celebrating and celebrating and celebrating some more. Um, There's plenty to celebrate on the mountaintops and in the valleys below. The great life successes and the mundane getting through the week. And even in the midst of sorrows and trials and temptation, even when children are trying us, look for an opportunity to celebrate, even if it's a small win. Now, this just doesn't apply to young families whatever, it just applies to us in life. We've got to look for opportunities to celebrate. For us, um, as a young family, it was getting through to Friday night fish and chips, you know, and then playing lions in the lounge where you throw the cushions on the ground and you bring in a mattress or two and you get thrown around, jumped on, wrestling, and, and I'm the lion, right, I'm the lion, and the kids had got to subdue the line, you know, and I kicked in the face and stood on in certain parts that, you know, someone usually got hurt, all right? And it was me, but um, I think we had a couple of twisted ankles. <clears throat> I, think, I, don't think any, I don't think there were any broken things, but, you know, we've got to learn just to celebrate the big things. Now, often we just do the big things, like the rugby game, and it's like, yes, you know, that's a great thing to celebrate. <clears throat> but we need to celebrate through the mundane, uh, the small things as well. Hey, you know, in Joshua 4.20, the Israelites celebrated coming out of Egypt and the Red Sea, and then 40 years through the Jordan uh, River and into the Promised Land, with 12 memorial stones representing the... Uh, tribes, but also the generations to come. It was a sign to celebrate freedom and liberty um, under God. And now, in this day and age, the Israelites, the, the Jewish nation, they have numerous feasts and holidays and celebrations throughout the year. They have about 17, which works out to be about one every three weeks. And, you know, we just got to look for opportunities to celebrate. I mean, we, have, we celebrate birthdays and we celebrate, um, um, what else do we celebrate anniversaries, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and a few weeks ago, we celebrated our, one of our granddaughter's third birthday, little Harper Jen. And she is a little Shirley Temple with bright red curly hair. So she is what we call a firecracker. She is a very, well, I've put down here, triple A plus determined kind of personality. And she knew that that day was all about her. She knew it. Everything was right. Nothing could go wrong. Balloons, Cheerios and cake and family and friends, trampolines and bikes. Then there are presents and dolls and shoes in the ballet bar and lots of smiles, hugs and blowing kisses. And the words, the words, this was my takeaway, the words... I love you more, Papa. As we drove away, flowing kisses to me. You know, sometimes those best memories, you just, they're the ones you just can't explain. You just had to be there. And so, we are always going to be there, but we had to be there as well. And, you know, turn up. Turn up to those occasions. Be there as much as possible because they, they have an impact. You're communicating all the time. And if you don't turn up, you're communicating that it's not of an importance. You know, love to our children. You've heard this before. Spout about T-I-M-E. I'd say quality time, but T-I-M-E.
0: Just on that really quickly, also, in this church family, celebrate. You know, someone comes to the Lord, celebrate that. Something happens that is important in the family of God here, celebrate together. Celebrate it. Fighting. In our families, we have to be prepared to go to battle. We're seeing it as Christians in our world now in New Zealand, more probably than we've ever seen before. But we've got to be prepared for that battle. We must be prepared. And if you can look at Ephesians 6 with your children and teach them how to put on each part of the armour of God, you're going to be teaching them how to stand against what is going to be thrown at them by this world. Do it in a fun way. Make the whole you know armour of God out of, out of cardboard boxes and all dress up in it and walk around and have a battle on the back Lord. But talk about what each piece of that is actually going to do to guard them. And what about ourselves and the battle that we're in? Are we putting on the armour of God every day? Are we protecting ourselves from what is coming against us? We need to get out of the, um, the thinking of just teaching ourselves, but get into the training mode. The training mode is committed, it's consistent with our children, with ourselves. It's training, training, training. Keep going. Training for the goal. What's the goal? It's not just the marathon you're running next weekend. It's the end goal. It's glory. It's getting to glory and standing before our creator. So how do we do that? Well, I'm just going to take an acronym of the word train. T. Test. In love, we need to test and challenge our children because this is going to expose their weaknesses. Sometimes it's really easy, and this is the same for ourselves, just to gloss over a weakness, gloss over a test and go, I don't bother about that today. Just carry on, and then the weakness isn't exposed and doesn't get fixed, doesn't get strengthened. So we need to test and love ourselves, our children. Are for require, expect more of your children than what you think they can handle. Expect the best for them. Ask God, what have you got for this king? What about of yourselves? How much do we expect of ourselves? He has shown you, O man, what is good and what the Lord requires of you. To do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. And A, we need to provide our children and ourselves with truth and the ability to articulate that truth in this world of lies. Our kids don't know how to do that if we're not putting into that. They're being bombarded with lies. At the moment, it's particularly true. So we need to teach them how to stand up. And I involve... Get into the gritty conversations. I was talking about that at the dinner table, the battlefield of ideas. Get into that with your children. Don't be afraid of it, and don't be too busy for it. It's so much easier to gloss over stuff, but we need to get into those nitty gritties so that they can stand on their own two feet. And in for nurture. Our kids will come home sometimes, and this is true of ourselves as well, wounded because we're in a battlefield when we come home wounded do we take time to nurture to let those wounds heal do we bathe ourselves in the word of God again do we call on others to pray for us I don't know if you have a prayer chain through your church but in our home church it's really cool because someone has something going on even if it's you know, it can be a physical thing, someone's baby is unwell. It can be something that somebody's facing, a job application they're going, and they just throw it on out in our chat. And everyone prays. Because we need to actually prepare ourselves and we need to recover from the wounds of battle and pray over them. If you have children, never, ever, ever stop praying over them. I talked about that with grandparents praying for me, but of our own children, pray over them. Pray over them before you send them out in the morning. Pray over them when they're lying in bed at night. Pray over them when the Lord puts them on your heart. Pray over them when they're driving you nuts. When they get to that difficult stage and and they won't let you say it out loud, they may be a teenager, they won't let you actually pray for them. They don't like it. Don't take that. Go in there at night when they're asleep. Even if the door is closed, you can put your hand on that door and you proclaim the promises of God over that child. We do that so many times with some of our kids. Pray, pray, pray. Never let
1: God pray. Okay, so we've talked about preparing. We've talked about communicating. We've talked about celebrating um, as you go about your daily lives, from morning to evening. And, you know, it can be a struggle sometimes, and and thanks, Nikki, for that about the fighting. I mean, we need to fight for our families. We need to fight for our kids. And, you know, um, as I was preparing for today, I had a picture of a boxing ring, and I um, said, oh Lord, what's, what's a boxing ring all about? And... <clears throat> I don't know much about boxing. I've watched only a few boxing matches in my life. Um, but, you know, you've got, you know, you've got to be in the ring to be in the fight. And, and there's usually, what, 12, 15 rounds. It's not just the first round. It's the second, it's the third, it's the fourth. It's, and, and I guess, you know, at some point we're in one round or another. And the thing is not to give up. Not to give up. You'll have some reprieve at the end of each round, and and we get reprieves every now and then. Sometimes we don't feel like it. Sometimes we feel like this round is just continuing, and when is it ever going to stop? And I get, and, and I get the sense that 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 some of us here feel like we're just shadow boxing. It's like we're not, you know, we're in the round, but we're not actually fully engaging into um, what it is that God would want us to do. Or to know, or to know him more, or to uh, be able to fight the uh, the, the enemy, the, the devil and his demons and and their evil ways, you know. Um, and and of course, I'm 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 talking spiritually here, but the uh, the devil is roaming around like a roaring lion, seeking to devour anyone in his path. And I felt like the Lord was saying, you know, Dad, you got to fight to be Dad. You've got to fight for the Bible in your home and you've got to fight for your spouse and you've got to fight for your kids. And uh, you know go deeper in and, and, and it's a sense of you know the power of God that will come upon you from, from moving out from, from okay, you're in the round, but you're shadow boxing. So you're moving from the shadow boxing to actually fully engaging with with the enemy and and uh, you know blasting it out of your family life um And we talk about guarding the uh, the doorposts and the you know of our homes and writing the word of God over the doorposts of our homes so that we're reminded again you know this is the house where the Lord is present and we want to see our kids raised up in the fear and knowledge of Him. so prepare your hearts, prepare your hands. Uh, Write the words on your hands and your front lids. Communicate as you walk and you sit and you lie and you wake up and you rise, you uh, go to sleep. And celebrate the traditions, the small things, the big things and the everyday little things. And you will be able to build a strong a stronger, brave work, brave framework for family. Yeah.
0: I'm very glad we could just pray for you, just, just in, in closing. But I do get a sense that you are in boxing, and that there is a tiredness from shadow boxing, because even when you're shadow boxing, it tires you. And I just want to encourage you as you pray: just ask the Lord to give you the strength, decide to step into the fight for real. It's really easy to say. In the shadow in place. But we want to be engaged because it matters. Let's just pray anymore. We'll, we'll be finished. Father God, I thank you that family is your idea, that you are Father God, that you are the ruler, that you have placed fathers in our lives to be the heads of homes. And I pray for courage upon those fathers. I pray right now in this church, Lord, for your courage to rise up, that we would all learn how to put on your armour and step into that boxing boxing, whatever you call that thing, right? That we would show up, that we would stop being tired by the shadow boxing of just doing the motions, but God, that we would be engaged in the battle because it matters. May this church, Lord, impact this community. With the, the fear and knowledge of God, with the truth, with salvation of souls. God, may there be a light on a hill that calls people to stand in your truth. In Jesus' name, Amen.